Guys, we're going to jump into Timothy, and my hope, my hope tonight is, really if I could sum up the evening and what these guys shared, is the vision of one. Everyone say, vision of one. Actually, stick your finger up and say, vision of one. The idea is not to instruct you tonight. It's not to tell you what it is to be a good friend or how to have a good friend. The idea is tonight is that you would leave here connecting with the one guy that's probably already in your life. And so in a wonderful spiritual way, right there, it gets you guys moving. And so that's really the the hope behind this, because there's just way too many guys that are isolated. There's way too many guys that are hanging out way too long in their closets, and it's just time to come out and engage in some trusted friendships. So that's my hope tonight, and really what birthed tonight, because I was on a little bit of a different track, was going through Timothy, and it was just like some of you men, how many of you have read Timothy over the last few weeks? Most of you guys, awesome. The more I read it, it was just coming screaming at me, the who of Timothy and the who of you. It was just there, because... Timothy, this whole, these letters that Paul wrote is loaded with relationships. And I just think there is something that we can look at these letters from Paul to Timothy and really learn. And I'm hoping that just getting into the scriptures this evening, some ideas will open up for you to get you moving to the vision of one. So let's get into this. So I like the idea of what we saw in the video that it's all heart uh, from here. About the 50-yard line, 50 year, you know, yard line, it's all heart from here. And, you know, there, there's the mechanics of we've got to do this, we've got to do that, or whatever. But really, who are, who are the people that are speaking to the heart that can kind of get you across from the 50 to the goal line? And there's a lot of statements that borderline are cliche, and this is one of those. But let's just take a second and do a little self-check Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. How many of you heard that? Right? How many of you believe it? Yeah? All right. So, show me your friends today. Right? This is a very sobering statement because, I don't know about you guys, but I have some dreams. I have some goals, and I have some, I have some things that are on my heart to move into and step into and the you know capitalistic um, you know american that's standing here before you you know john wayne and i we got a thing right that's it's not the way <laughs> the only way you're going to get there guys is with brothers in arms together so so who are your friends in a secular sense, let me invite you into something that um, secular, but it's also written into some Christian works. How many of you guys, Bill Hybels, you know that name? Courageous Leadership, he wrote a few years ago. Courageous Leadership. In, in Courageous Leadership, uh, he has a thing on team building, and he really emphasizes these three points. Um, and Michael. So he raises this issue in regards to team. And, Every one of you are in some capacity, some kind of team. Whether it's your family team, whether it's in teams at work, whatever that team is. 
And so Bill Hybels, Willow Creek, Chicago, he takes these three things, and these are three factors when you look at your team. What's the chemistry, what's the character, and what's the competency? It's really interesting because if you look at failed relationships or friendships that have kind of gone south or sour or just kind of burned out, there may be, if you put a name to it, there may be some element to some of those, uh, those ideas. You got a great guy of character, but yet, man, the competency area, we just didn't have a whole lot in common in there. Or just the fact is, man, we're in the same space, we have the same skill set, the guy's just, his character is golden, but man, we just don't click. What's up with that? And so there's some factors that flow around this. And I just share with this because we're men and some of these ideas connect with some of you guys. So this is a grid for where we're going tonight. So let's move into the biblical side of this evening. And just a question I'd raise is, where and who would Timothy be without the Paul? Where would he be? I mean, we got a lot of language and we get, we get a whole profile of who Timothy is. But really, who would Timothy be without Paul in his life? He grew up in a, a home that was mixed with a Greek father with a whole lot of crazy ideas because of that culture. And then he had a Jewish mother who was grounded in her own faith. And then we have a new faith, the resurrection of Christ with Paul, but yet he wouldn't have been introduced to that if it wasn't for Paul. What kind of man would he be without that? Critical question. When you think about who are the Pauls in your life or who are the Timothys in your life. And for some of you guys who are investing in the young men, you guys, I want to encourage you tonight, you guys play a critical role. Critical. Just one word. One word of encouragement. Your prayers. Your investment in exchange, whether it's with a Paul or in a Timothy context, it matters. Big time. Who would Timothy be without his Paul? So what can we learn from these relationships? Let me take you to this slide. Most of you guys have this. Um, This is, uh, I show this to you as a model. Some of you guys read some of my devotionals. I share with you some of the ways that I read the scriptures. When I really get my mind wrapped around studying the word, this is kind of where I go, right? This is just a tool. It's a mind map. It's free. You can go grab. There's six different types of mind maps. But this is what I ended up doing. I grabbed one of these things, and I just went kind of crazy. Sometimes it starts with a whiteboard. Sometimes it's a napkin in a coffee shop. But at some point, i got to get a handle on what in the world is being talked about in this text. And so I, I, I went tilt about Sunday night looking at all the relationships. I'm like, holy smokes. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But, and this is likely, I'm a big vision guy, very weak on details. The likelihood is high. I might have missed somebody in here, okay? But this is just me and my rough draft But look at this. This is the first and second letters of Timothy. And these are all the relationships that Paul identifies and has some context, some influence, some circle in Timothy's life. Now, you guys, I gave you this sheet tonight with the hope and goal that something for some of you guys, it'll spur you back into the scriptures. 
to look at some of these relationships because there's language around the descriptions of some of these people, and it's fascinating. But from a broad sweep, this is, this is Timothy, and these are the relationships. So we see the Paul-Timothy, well, that's the big one. But then all of a sudden we start breaking this thing down, and we look at the different categories of the family relationships that are over here. And these are the brothers and sisters that are here. And then here's a guy who's done some encouragement to Paul. And then over here we see the co-laborers. Guys, this I mean, a lot of this stuff I'm familiar with, but this was my aha. And this is really what resonated tonight about these two men of God speaking because there's a South African and there's a German and that those are two of the most strategic men that I know for the kingdom of God. Those men have big time global perspective on the church. It's amazing. And so I get into the scriptures and I see this and I've never seen this before is I look at Paul's talking about these guys that I'm calling co-laborers, that it's representation of five different major strategic initiatives in the church. That if there's anything in Timothy that says, I'm all alone here in this church leadership venture, and I'm trying to correct bad teaching, and whatever the fact is, there's five other guys. He's an email or a chariot ride away to go get some encouragement. That just opened up a whole other category for me of the dynamics of the body of Christ in that day. And look at what we have access to. Men, the lie that you are alone is a lie. You, it is a lie. It is amazing to see the strategic positioning of men of God everywhere. Your neighbors marketplace, church, it's everywhere. And so I want to encourage you that that one is sitting out there and tonight is about the vision of one to connect. But he may be sitting there in those shadows or the weeds or whatever waiting to be called out because you just called him. So look at this and I give this to you because I want you to engage with this. But also too, I want you to see very clearly that there are these other categories in this letter to Timothy of what I have described as deceivers and deserters and destructive. I don't know about you guys, but I have specific names for those people in my life. People who have deceived me, people that I was brothers in arms with and who have left, And guys that, frankly, were destructive in my life. And guys, you're looking at a man that has been nearly taken out a couple of times. Taken out in the sense that I wouldn't be here tonight. And so I raise that, and I'm so thankful for this biblical insight. Because my guess is there may be some of you here tonight that might have some names for those categories as well. And I want you to be shrewd. I want you to be aware of who those guys are so that you have more of the other guys in your life that you're engaging with rather than dealing with the toxicity and the poison of the others. They're out there and they're always going to be there. But isn't it fascinating, something so tangible and practical in Timothy's first century day that most of us, anybody relate to that? Anybody have the D3 combination going on in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of nods going on. 
Guys, it's destructive. And we got to shore that thing up. Well, I'm so compassionate. Well, dude, you're getting taken out. We've got to be shrewd about this, men of God. We've got to have a balance. Look at Timothy. I love that. It's a whole balance thing going on. Look at this guy over here, destructive. He started out deceptive. I can't even pronounce his name. He starts out deceptive. Paul mentions him twice in the scriptures, and I want you guys to look at this. And all of a sudden, this guy is destructive, going from deceptive to destructive, and the guy turns into the gangrene. How many of you got gangrene relationships in your life? Because of bad freaking ideas. The whole theme of the first letter of Timothy is number one job to bring order to the church because there was some stinking thinking going on. Bad ideas, bad myths, deceptions, the whole works. And that's Timothy's charge to, to get in there and go to work on that and bring some sound teaching in that. But yet he's got some guys to support him. He wasn't alone. So I, I, I labor over this because this is the letters, guys. And I want you to get into this, but now I want to, I want to flip this thing on you. And, and so I'm going to give you another acronym tonight. You guys like acronyms, right? This is for, new, for you guys that are new, this is not my style of teaching. This is new for me. So, so play along. Boy, Russell's big on the acronyms. Yeah, okay. So tonight we're working at the acronym of circles, right? So you guys take your sheet wherever you want. If you want to use it on the Timothy sheet. But this circle sheet is really for you. I want you to engage and just spend a few minutes on this. And here, here we go. So look at the big circles of the community. Okay? I want you to define your circles. You guys, some of you need to get your hands on this and start writing. If you have a you know, pen or whatever, if not, borrow buddies. You know, what are the circles? What are your circles? Look at that. Start defining them. I just threw a few categories up there. There may be some other circles that you want to write in there. What are your circles? And you can be as detailed as you want. We just looked at the Timothy piece, and there was a number of circles represented. I think it was like six or eight right there. What are your circles? I'll give you about a minute. You guys go to work on this. This isn't consumer Christianity. Time to engage. So you'll see a theme in these next few slides on this acronym of circles. It's the, com- it's the community, but then there's the connect. And I just put in there the question of where. And that may stimulate some of the questions 
for you, or some of the ideas, where are some of your circles? It's where you go. It's where you drive. It's where you find relationships. So that's the C. The I, as we move into this, is let's get specific. What, who are the individuals that are in those categories? And just take a minute and just whatever circles you wrote, I want you just to write down specific names. So the next piece in the, after the individuals is you kind of get a grid for that. So what do you do with that? And how, how do you engage with those? And so this reflection, again, a lot of this acronym, I come up with ideas of what this R should be, but then I wash it through the scriptures. And that's really kind of the basis for these acronyms. I'm not trying to just make this up to be cute. So I wash this through. And so for me, I want to just um, have you guys take a look at 2 Timothy starting... Uh, chapter 1 and verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. And there's something, this again, this is Paul. He's writing to Timothy. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience that as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you that I might be filled with joy, and I have been reminded of your sincere faith. And so, verse 6, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that's inside of you. So this four times here in just a couple of verses, we see this rhythm, this language, it's a discipline that in some ways is a model for us when we look at relationships. Paul taking the time, I long to see you, and, and I, I recall night and day your tears. I, I pray for you. And, and you see this modeling, but it's in this here. And it's just a question that is a little bit counterintuitive. Russell, you're here tonight. You're talking about relationships. I don't do relationships real well. And so I just want to mentally switch gears a little bit that one of the best ways that you can serve the individuals, the relationships in your life may not be through always active engagement, pounding on the people. You know, hey, let's get together for coffee and you're hitting them up every week. That, and this is this piece that I, I, I shared with you guys for you to read when you get a second. And it's Henry Nouwen. Anybody a Henry Nouwen fan? Do you know who that is? A few guys. So I put the website in there that you can check out, Henry Nowen. And it's this premise that what I've stated there is that the strength of your circle really reflects the strength of your solitude. Sometimes the best thing that you can do to be a friend 
is to take time in the discipline of solitude. I don't mean just taking a nap and being quiet and whatever. It's an active engagement of just praying. It's listening. It's doing what Paul has done here of remembering and recalling. And when you do that, I promise you, the Spirit of God opens up your mind and heart on behalf of your friend. If you guys take that time and do that on behalf of your wife or your children or your pastor or your boss or your friends, your closest friends, God opens up things for you and gives you ideas, inspiration that often never comes in the busyness of what we call community. So I just encourage you guys that maybe in the speeding into relationships, some of the best things you can do is slow down. So that's the, that's the reflex side. Does that sound counterintuitive and a little weird for some of you guys? <laughs> but isn't it true that for you guys, sometimes a timely word that comes just out of a sincere heart is often the thing that encourages you the most. So once you have your list and the individuals, what would it look like for you guys to take time tomorrow morning and pray through those names and stay quiet until the Spirit of God begins resonating something? Oftentimes for me, guys, sometimes it's a verse. I literally had this happen this morning that I was reading through Proverbs and it was just an unction of the Holy Spirit. It was just so, it was just literally like the stake was sitting there and boom. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. I don't know what it's for, but then I was at lunch with a guy and all of a sudden it was on deposit for the Spirit that that verse was there for the friend that I was with and it led him to tears in ways that I had no idea. This is real-time stuff, but it requires time to sit and go through this. So let's keep going. So, this is fun and not so fun. The counsel and confidence. Who and when do you trust? This is really a tricky one for a lot of us because the strength of your relationships when you boil it down has to do with your ability to trust. And I would venture that somewhere even in this group tonight, there are guys that have had betrayed trust. And in that betrayed trust, there's something that often goes off inside of men, an inner vow that says, no way. I am never putting myself in that place of vulnerability again. I, I'm, I'm not going to engage at that level. And your capacity for trusted relationship shuts down because of this issue. And it's this and it's issue of counsel and who do you, who in your list of names do you have that, that you can extend a, a level of confidence in? Your confidence, your trust. Who do you tell your secrets to? Most guys have secrets. But the question is, 
Who do you have that you can talk to about those things? Who do you trust, guys? Of your list of individuals that you wrote, who do you trust? And this is not a fix-it thing. This takes time, and there's a lot of healing that the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of you guys with this. So I just want to raise that so that there's room for God to speak maybe even tonight. So, yes, sir. That's no, good. That's good. That's right. It's the that's good clarity, and it's it's along that lines of just you know there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So, uh, yep. So let's take thirty seconds on this. Uh, um, this is if you want to use it, the conversation. Um, accountability comes only when there's permission given. And so take that and put that over here for a minute. Let me come in at it from a different standpoint, biblically speaking. I've heard it said once. I've I've tested this over the years. And it really has grounded me in relationships. Negative commandments. Negative commandments are ones that you can hold one another accountable to. Positive commandments are ones where there's a great liberty. A great big old gray area that has to be defined by your brother? No. It has to be defined by you. So let me give you an example. Paul, I read through Ephesians, I'm all relaxed, and all of a sudden he says, Russell, love your wife like Christ loves the church. Excuse me? What? Love your wife like Christ loves the church. Well, how the heck do I do that? Let me call Rion, and he can define that for me. It doesn't work quite that way. I have to work through what does that look like? What does it really look like for me to love Carrie in the way that Christ loves the church? It's fascinating. Man, there's so much room and creativity and life that moves in there. But yet when I settle on a conviction for what that is, then I invite close, trusted friends in that that says, I've set this, and and this is the best way I know how to have a good conscience before God, to love Carrie as Christ loves the church. And I don't know if I'm going to get there without your help. And so I'm asking for your help in that way. Does that help in this area? So that's, that's this idea of counsel and confidence, and it's one that trust is one that has to be given with with permission. It's, it's an exchange. You presume trust, you're going to blow up relationships. Anybody learn that one? I can monetize it. <laughs> that one's cost. So I'm in a season right now where I have a really pretty incredible thing that this has been new, and this is a really a new discovery for me. I've been very, very blessed to have counsel around my life, and I've had that all my life. But I haven't necessarily had a collective counsel, and it has been unbelievable. To where I, I, guys that I trust and respect, and it's a collective counsel that comes around that allows me to vet out thoughts and ideas and issues where I get their collective feedback. And one of the 72-year-old men says, isn't it interesting is that if I was the only one speaking into your life, 
you would have done this. But yet, you got this feedback, and you got this feedback. And so I, you come under somewhat of an authority of counsel. And, and God uses a collective counsel through that. It's powerful. And you guys, you're sitting at tables. Isn't it interesting? The, the potential of a council of each of these tables with time and trust, maturity of friendship. It's a powerful thing. And why do you go through all this? So that you can be developed, mature, and complete, not lacking in anything. So that the kingdom of God can be expanded and built. And it's going to be done through who? Who? That's why we need one another. Okay, so next thing on the, on the L. Listen and learn. For some of you guys that are a little bit relationally challenged, <clears throat> there's just, there's no greater value that you can do. What do I do? Russell, all right, I got this. I'm ready to engage. What the heck do I do now? One of the greatest starting points for the clunkiest of guys when it comes to engaging is right here. What's your name again? <laughs> Isn't it amazing that just remembering a guy's name can give you inroads <laughs> into a potential friendship, right? How often we forget the small details. And it's the details of some of these guys' story that give, it's just life-giving. And so listening, developing an ear to listen and a sensitivity to what's going on in these guys' lives. And so you can ask questions. And so that's where I wanted to give you this little devotional on let the wise listen. And again, I just give this with the hope that maybe three of you guys will go home and just spend some time. And so out of the Proverbs, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. And that as you guys engage and listen You become wise men in the area of friendship. How many of you want to be wise men? Right? We want to be wise men in friendship. So listen and learn. Again, these are just suggestions to engage. So on the E. So I can't go it alone. I look at this passage out of 2 Timothy 4.2. Here's this charge from Paul. So Timothy, preach the word. Be in season, in season and out of season to correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. I wonder how Timothy read that. I wonder how he read in season and out of season. Man, man, when I'm on, I'm on. But when I'm off, I don't know. Lock me in a closet. <laughs> right? looked at that thing how did how would you if you were charged by your 95 year old grandfather on his you know last days and this was his charge to you this is your commission to go do this how would you respond to that charge the hill how in the world is this ever going to get done it's tough It's the very charge that we're given to go do to encourage one another is the very thing that we need to go do it. Some of you guys are here tonight and I don't even know where to begin because of lost heart. I don't even have the courage to begin on this, what you're even talking about. If you can do anything, 
listening, reflecting, recalling, this right here is the thing that will get the relationship moving. To encourage is to impart courage. And to be able to look at any level, and it literally, I would encourage you guys, even tonight, you may be able to look in the eyes of the guy that's sitting at the table and just see it in his eyes that he is discouraged. And you have the capacity tonight to impart courage into that man to get him moving so that he can go do the work that he's called to do. So look at, so we're, this, this is kind of a top-down, even though it's a circle acronym, it's top-down to where you start from defining the circles, the individuals, and what, some of the things you can do hands-on in the relationships in your life. And so, finally, what's going to get you there? What I loved about what I heard tonight with Rian and Fabi is the strength of these men. There's almost nothing worse, especially for guys, drama in relationships. How many of you like hanging around insecure friends who just want to suck the life out of you? Right? It's tough. And one of the things... I think, Mike, Michael, are you there, bud? So, strength of friendship. This vision for friendship, and this is the thing that I just want to put out to you. Be the friend that you'd like to have in your circle. Who's the kind of friend that you want to have investing into your life? So how do you get there? And I want to come back to the biblical grounding of what we see in Timothy. If there is a theme verse for these letters, for Timothy, it's, it's this. It's the 1 Timothy 1.5. The goal of this command is love. That is the oil in the engine of how this whole thing works for Timothy. Which comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. To have that kind of strength of character inside of you men... To look at those words, and I just give this to you tonight. Again, does that really reflect who you are tonight? A pure heart? A good conscience and sincere faith? What brings those attributes out of me is men who speak into my life. Because, guys, I am so blind when I look in the mirror. There are days that I just don't see that. A good conscience, a sincere faith... I don't, I don't feel it, but yet there are guys that see it in me and call it out of me, and when they do, it imparts the strength inside of me that makes me want to go do that. I can't get there on my own. It has to be an exchange of an imparting of strength, and that comes through relationships. I love this, again, it... For me, this verse goes deep because this was spoken on our wedding day. Russell, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for life and for life and speech and faith and love and purity. Guys, every one of you here tonight, God is calling you to be an example. And you know what? You are, whether it's for good or for bad. 
But yet, in the example, it is calling out strength to be that example. It is the charge. If Paul was here tonight and he speaks through these words, is that you're called to be an example. And when you have strength inside of you that's been imparted by the Holy Spirit and in other men through the body of Christ, that you, the overflow of that strength, builds one another and builds these friendships. So finally, I just, this, this verse, just again and again and again, it is an ocean of depth and meaning for me because why is it that there, in, in the course of any given day that something comes, a call, an email, a conversation that just rattles in my heart and soul that awakens this fear and timidity. What in the world is that? And this imparting that Paul says in a fatherly way, like a blessing that says, no, God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and discipline or a sound mind. That whole thing is loaded with strength. And it is out of that blessing that it, it is imparted so that he can see the fanning into flame of gift of God that, that, is, that, that Paul sees in Timothy because Timothy somehow, the only reason Paul is even bringing that up is because there's something inside of Timothy that he, he has that, he reckons with that. And some of you men, I guess, have the same issue. So when that thing gets wrestled to the ground, if you're bound by fear and timidity, it is going to result itself in insecure and timid relationships. When you get a hold of the fact that God has put something powerful, loaded with love, and just filled with wisdom and a sound mind that allows you to be a disciplined man, that strength imparts itself into friendships and relationships in all the circles of your life. That's the vision I have for you guys. I don't mean to be gimmicky with circle acronyms. I want strength inside of you men so that it can bring a blessing into all your relationships. How many of you guys want that tonight? So last thing I want to show you guys is this. It's something just in my preparation for teaching, and I brought this up just where we started. I want to end with this is that as we look at just um, these ideas, and you heard it very plainly with Rion and Fabi, so when you begin these relationships, there's this movement. And it has to be birthed by the Holy Spirit. But it's this movement from just this casual, and then something, some threshold happens. There's some bonding agent that happens some catalyst that happens in these relationships, a threshold of trust, an opportunity to serve. Whatever it is, you move from a casual to committed, and man, it's awesome. Feels great. You just, man, I got a guy who's got my back. And then when you have that time and season and that committed relationship's matured and it's been tested and trust is there, then you move to what we read about in the scriptures of a David-Jonathan type covenant relationship that we, we are locked in for life. Covenant relationship. 
Guys, that is, those are a gift from God when you get them. But it's worth hanging in there for. And my guess is tonight, the vision of one, my guess is tonight, somewhere in those oddball relationships that you wrote down in your circles, there may be a casual relationship that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to move to a level of covenant relationship. And it's through that the kingdom of God is going to be built. And so when you look at that thing and you look at that man and you look at what's the chemistry and what is the competencies, what's the areas that connect you in natural ways, and then and what's the character of that man, there's an alignment there. And this is just my observation. It's a theory that may break down. But just as you look at that, for some of you men, that may connect with. But it's just this movement. And so of this whole theme these last six weeks, it's a developmental pathway. That you don't stick a quarter in the jukebox and get the song. It, it is something you work towards and you move to. And it starts with a vision. A vision of friendship. And it's so purposeful. And that God has ordained since the day you were born for this relationship. And that you're going to be a better man for it. And it's worth hanging in there for. And it builds on itself. I don't know about you, but I want those kind of relationships. You know what? And I don't mean to be cute, but it may start tonight. It may. I've seen it happen in this place. God has moved in this place through just conversations. A guy who took a risk to share something, and it moved you in. I had no idea. I have some similar thoughts or ideas or whatever. And then the third guy at the table began speaking scripture and life and praying. And next thing you know, the Holy Spirit shows up and does something powerful. So guys, open your hands and your hearts to what the Lord may want to do in the area of building you from the inside out through your friendships. So thank you. Father, thank you for these men. I thank you for this letter of Timothy and what uh, it's meant to me flipping through these pages since I was a young man. And Lord, that you just continue to bring it alive in me. And I just pray, God, that you would bring it alive in these men just to mature and develop and hone these guys to become men of God. And I just thank you for just tonight and um, the men are here. I thank you for friendship like Rion and Fabi and I pray your blessings on these guys. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So questions, you guys can circle up and talk through some of these things. Lastly, my father-in-law wrote this thing up. It's kind of fun. It's out of a book, um, uh, Good to Great in God's Eyes, but Pursue Great People. And uh, he wrote that up. It's really got some great ideas. So enjoy and uh, have fun. Thanks for coming.